everybody. That's awesome. It's Sarah. And it's Aaron. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here with another episode of Bad Architecture. And today's theme is the future is now. That's why we had the very uh, futuristic audio for the beginning. So I'm very excited about this one. Me too. Me too. I think you should get started, Sarah, since I have... Oh, you want me to do mine first? Okay. Yeah, because I've got but bad we're sharing, and badass. We finally, we finally got your screen to share. Yes. <laughs> it was only an hour. Okay. Yeah, you go first. All right. So... Um, if this is people's first time joining us, this is Bad Architecture. We are a podcast that talks about architecture, weird places, weird buildings, weird stories behind the buildings, and understand that bad has many connotations, and we explore them all. That we do, indeed. <laughs> As we said, today's episode is The Future Is Now. Each week we explore a different theme with uh, two bad architecture subjects, and then one badass one. So this week I am doing Spaceship Earth. So you may not be familiar with Spaceship Earth, but you will be very soon. And I think you might know it even though you don't know it. So today I'm going to take you back to the future, all the way to Florida, all the way to Disney World, <laughs> all the way to the giant golf ball we all know and love have weird feelings about? Yep, Spaceship Earth. It is not Epcot Center. It's actually Spaceship Earth at Epcot Center. So <laughs> that big old golf ball geodesic dome that is the pom-pom in the Disney crown is not actually Epcot Center, which I thought they were just the same thing. I thought it was Epcot Center at Epcot at Disney World. Right. I was very right. It that that's what I thought it was. Um, so yeah, I was today years old when I learned it was called Spaceship Earth, and I've been to it. I Me have, too. I have been there. I just thought it was called Epcot. Right. That's what I thought it was called. Well, nope. It is Spaceship Earth. So, and I'll, when I get to the photos, I'll show you there even the fonts for um, Spaceship Earth are very future NASA-y, and that's actually might not be by co like complete coincidence as I get into this. So just a little history. 1971, Walt Disney, the famed animator, opened Disney World in Orlando, Florida. As he grew the Disney empire, he built Epcot Center, opening its doors on October 1st, 1982. And... According to Smithsonian Magazine article, this endeavor was the single most expensive private construction project in the world at the time. Wow. It was big news. Yeah. Well, I remember it being big news because, you know, I'm old and I was around <laughs> for this. <laughs> I was to be born the next year. Ah, well, I went to see it when it was new. <laughs> Oh my god. So some of this you might remember you might remember some of this. Mm, not some of this. I just remember that they were building Epcot and it was this big deal. Mm -hmm. Like it was on the news a lot, you know, it, and my grandpa couldn't wait to go. He used us kids for an excuse to go to like theme parks and things. 
And it was it was a big deal. I mean, Disney was already was already built. This was going to be this big new groundbreaking arm of the multiplex that is Disney. Yes. Now, do you know what Epcot means? No, I don't. <laughs> I found this out and it's mildly terrifying. What is it? I'm so excited to share it with you. What is it? Epcot, E-P-C-O-T, means, it's not creepy, Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. <laughs> that is what Epcot means. Uh, it was well. originally intended <laughs> to be a type of futurist utopia. Disney envisioned Epcot, again, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, to be an actual functioning community where people lived, worked, ate, traveled, used the monorail to get around, and it was his idea of a utopia. And those always turn out great, right? History has shown. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do a show on utopias. <laughs> Good tra- there's there's a good track record. Right. <laughs> really good track record. So oh, from no. the research that I found, um, Walt there thought that 1960s urban America was, quote, beyond repair and that the answer to our nation's problems was, was to start from scratch. So a new city was to be built with the interest of both massive multinational corporations and pedestrians in mind. From that Smithsonian article. Because multinational corporations and people, the the good for people, always really go hand in hand, right? Again, utopias, multinational corporations controlling communities. I feel like what could have gone wrong? Uh. But this didn't happen. (laughs) What this type of utopia could have been? And in Florida. Okay, so like, and in Florida. Yeah, there's that too. (laughs) So, um, I I feel like just a little side addendum. This this might be kind of a theme for these future houses and future structures that we're talking about today. Because mm-hmm. you know everybody always okay. So like if you have any interest in architecture whatsoever, you actually have in the back of your mind like I could plan something that would fix it. Right? It would change everything. It would fix everything. There is there is something in the back of your mind like, I want to take a stab at it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the fact is, is it just, they're, they just never work. They just don't. History show, has shown it's not really, it's never really gone that great. No. And humans are disappointing that way. And, and that, and that we, <laughs> we, are, we are very disappointing in that we, way. We are. We, we choose to do our own thing. Right. And that totally disrupts this whole idea. Um, mm-hmm. I love this. All right. Keep going. So the, this, this, was his, this was his dream. I, could, I had no clue that this was the original intent for Epcot. I had no idea and either. I also, I also love that they kept the name. Yeah. They kept this. Yeah. Anyways. That's because nobody so, knows what it means. <laughs> right. I, I was floored. I was like, this is. Creepier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Much creepier. So back to Spaceship Earth. The iconic epicenter of Epcot is a geodesic dome, um, a building form that was developed and promoted by scientist, theorist, futurist, architect Buckminster Fuller. And don't get me wrong, I have a huge 
circle spot in my heart for geodesic domes. Oh, me too. My gram lived next door to one. She lives next door to one. I'm not kidding you. There's two on her street. They were like a thing. <laughs> no, I have to get I'm pictures. I'm obsessed. <laughs> one of Buckminster Fuller's original geodesic dome buildings is out here in Maine on an island nearby, and I am determined to go out there. You have to go. They don't know yet, but they're, I'm, I'm joining their family. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to show up for dinner one night, and I will be there. They will love me. They will adopt me. They will give me the home. I will live there. It's, it's a plan. It's going to happen. I think you should. <laughs> Also not creepy at all. <laughs> not creepy. I'm not creepy at all. No. Again, humans are disappointing. I am human. I am disappointing. Not only did Spaceship Earth get its form from Buckminster Fuller, but the name actually comes from a book Fuller wrote called The Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth. Which is a guidebook of sorts for people of Earth whom he calls astronauts to maintain the planet, our spaceship, our Earth. The building's shape, it's, um, it wasn't the only thing that Fuller's concept introduced to the Disney team. And the person that actually brought Fuller's ideas, both in concept and construction, was another futurist, and I had no clue of this either, Ray Bradbury. Oh, lovely. <laughs> he and Disney, he and Walt, were both out Christmas shopping one day and bumped into each other and a friendship formed. Mr. Fahrenheit 451, Yep. Mr. Illustrated Man, and Walt Disney bumped into each other Christmas shopping. The two of them, again, started a friendship. They would bounce ideas off each other. They consulted with each other on things. And so Bradbury brought these ideas of Fuller's to Disney. And so not only in shape, but in actual name is Spaceship Earth. And that's how it came about. And even after Disney passed away and the dreams of... Epcot, the, again, experimental prototype community of tomorrow, faded into the background because they did not have Disney at its head to, Walt Disney at its head to, like, spearhead this, like, experimental community. They still wanted to have this arm of the amusement park happen. So they actually hired and consulted with Bradbury for this project and many others throughout the rest of his life. So Ray Bradbury and Disney... are intertwined in a way that (laughs) both does not surprise me, but also makes me a little uncomfortable and also explains some things it feels like. Yeah. It actually, I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This research started out so innocent. I was like, it looks like a golf ball. It will be fun. I remember the ride being ridiculous. Right. And all the rest (laughs) of this like opened up and now there's an experimental utopia and Ray Bradbury is involved and I don't know what to do. (laughs) It's like it's a weird mix. (laughs) I did not know any of this going in, and I'm so glad that I didn't. Yeah, me either. So the form is pretty cool. It's a building form that, again, uses geometry and geometric shapes to create a very solid structure. It's really incredible. The architecture, it's actually two balls. It's a ball within a ball. Okay. One (laughs) ball contains... The smaller ball, which contains the ride. And so the exterior of the outside ball, so many balls, <laughs> is comprised of a bunch of isosceles triangles. And it rests on this like hexagonal support. And Walt Disney World magazine says it's an impressive feat of engineering and actually consists of two spheres. One holds the ride and the other holds the beautiful exterior. 
And the exterior panels are constructed of a material called Alucobond. <laughs> Alucobond? A-L-U-C-O-B-O-N-D. Registered trademark. Alucobond. <laughs> It's an aluminum composite material that came out around in the 60s, and it was a market leader in aluminum composite panels. It's some kind of, like, panel composite with two cover sheets and a fire-retardant, non-combustible, mineral-filled core that stands for sustainable construction quality and the highest creative standards, according to their website. Oh, God. Okay. And it was the first um, aluminum composite metal on the market, and Epcot sorry, Spaceship Earth, <laughs> at Epcot, was the first North American project to use this in a building technology. So you did hear that I said ride, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Ride is a very loose term. <laughs> I think it's generous. Yeah, I would say that's a generous term. Because <laughs> this is right. actually, you know, it's actually a theme park ride. I mean... It's more of a slow bumper car ride that is very unthrilling along a very slow moving track that was all about the history of humans harnessing the power of technology for communication. So no big surprise, AT&T and Bell Systems were some of the original um, aforementioned corporate sponsors of Spaceship Earth. (laughs) Of course. (sighs) So the ride moves very slowly through a series of vignettes each representing an important discovery or advancement in communication technology while a disembodied voice from above narrates from beyond. Uh, it starts like with cavemen and wall drawing, wall paintings and wall drawings, um, goes through ancient Rome, where apparently um, part of it is Rome is burning and Disney even created a scent specifically for the Rome is burning part that, according to one blog, said it was like a burning aroma and is one of the many scandal companies that have tried to replicate it so guests could smell that moment in their homes whenever they would like. So people wanted this smell from this ride. I don't get it. Stinky ancient anyway, Rome? Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. Anyway, so it's going through like cavemen, uh, Rome, the moon landing, space, into the future. It's actually been narrated by multiple people. Ray Bradbury originally helped write the original script, but... Some of the people that have voiced it are Walter Cronkite, Jeremy Irons, and Dame Judy Dench. Uh, Judy. Judy. <laughs> Judy. Um, and there's music that was written to go with it with a 63-piece orchestra and 20 voice, 24 voice choir by Emmy winner Bruce Broughton or Broughton um, that used instruments appropriate to each era. Um, I wonder what instruments they used for the cavemen part. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It says it's there. <laughs> I remember going on this ride, again, ride, and it, it feeling very dated and strange. Like you are looking back in time from the future, but you're already past the future looking back. Yep. And <laughs> like you're supposed to be like feel like it's that retro futuristic, but like they were trying not to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're going through, it's like edu, what's that word? Um, Edutainment. So it's educational, but entertainment, but it really does not feel like entertainment. Uh, Um, Sarah, even at, I think it was 10 or 11 when this opened. What is it, 83? mm -hmm. When did it open? 82. 82, yeah. 10. 
Okay, so I was 10, and I remember going through this vaguely, because that's when I went through it. I haven't been there since. And I, I remember it being slightly odd even then. And that's like when it first came out. Yeah. So it started dated. Maybe I'm just, you know, cynical, and I was cynical at 10. <laughs> Oh, I don't think so. But it just it so. just seemed a little odd even back then. Although it was cool because it was this big golf ball and you get to go in it and stuff, you know. I mean, that, that yeah. part was cool. I mean, that part's For cool. You're kid. going inside a giant golf ball. Yeah. That's that's where the like the charm and the quality is. That's where the newness is, is the architecture and going into this ball that's raised above the ground and all of a sudden you're in, yeah. you're in it. Do you get the feeling like they could have done a lot more cooler things with the inside of that dome? I'm just saying. I mean, like, like maybe. maybe a real ride, like a roller coaster <laughs> that goes around a ball. I don't know. That sounds fun. <laughs> that does sound. They could have put that, you know, that spinny thing at the fair where, yeah, like, gravitron. centrifugal force. Like, yes, that fit. Gravitron. That's more. I feel like that's yeah, gravitron. I feel like that's more futuristic than this ride. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And they they Disney described this ride as. People being able to come witness the landmark moments of amazing innovation that made today's spectacular communications technology possible. Travel back to the dawn of humanity when early man painted on cave walls. Watch new ideas spread like wildfire. I think that's a fire maybe in Rome that they're talking about. <laughs> and the, with the invention of the Gutenberg's printing press. The wheels of time turn ever faster as we enter the modern age of media, from newspapers announcing the end of the Civil War to the televised broadcast of the moon landing and beyond. <laughs> it's just, Apparently, it's only 16 minutes. It felt way longer, like so much longer, so much longer. Only 16 it, minutes? It, that's what it says. My 10-year-old memories... My 10-year-old memories like, say much 45 longer. 45 <laughs> minutes, right? Yeah. It felt so long. It was like being slowly dragged through a really dated diorama on a bumper car or like, I don't know, a cable car that doesn't go very fast at all. And it was creepy. Like, there are so many animatronic people, like, woodenly going through very strange bodily movements in equally, like, in very uncanny tableaus. It was, it was Uncanny Valley, the ride. <laughs> and it was just it was so weird and I don't I, that's 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 what I retain from it not any of this information about like technology of communications just like wow this is creepy and long and slow <laughs> mm -hmm. yep yep <laughs> and I found out an interesting piece of information they used so many animatronic people um they call them forms um, that they had to take them from other places in the park that they weren't really being used anymore, including the old Hall of Presidents from Hall the Magic Presidents? Kingdom. <laughs> yes. So they literally repurposed a bunch of dead white men of the past to construct a narrative about technology and the future. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Oh. What? So I guess in there, there's some old dead presidents. <laughs> on a ride about oh, the future. Now, see, I want to go back and see if I can tell which ones are the old dead mm -hmm. presidents. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to go And then back. I guess at the end, there was this whole thing where there was like interactive stuff. I don't remember any of it. So it really obviously did not make any type of impact on me. And I guess it's been updated in 1999 uh, by sponsor AT&T with more. I don't know. None of them sound really that interesting. It's hit 40 last year and it's in a multi-year overhaul, 
right now to see how they're going to modernize it again for the future. Yeah. Maybe put an actual ride in there. Right. (laughs) That would be great because then it's not dated anymore. I mean, we've all written Space Mountain, right? Yeah, it's I not dated. Wait to get to Space Mountain after that. It's so fun, right? <laughs> it's so fun. That felt more futuristic. I felt like I learned more on the inner space like ride than I did on this one. Yeah. And it didn't even feel like you're going around in a giant ball, which like come on, you're in a giant ball. There needs to be something like Yeah, there has to, yeah, it has to be something cool. What are, yeah. I they should do some kind of like astronomy thing in there, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't that some, be cool? Have like a giant dome, like a ceiling. I don't know. I'm just saying there's so many things. (laughs) I'm going to pull up some photos as I share with you the last uh, little information that I found on there. Because apparently some people say this ride is haunted. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really? Um, It is apparently haunted by two children, a ghost of a boy and a small blonde girl who allegedly reside near the ride. One report said that the two were seen playing before vanishing just outside the entrance to the ride. Another claimed to have seen the duo on the ride itself before disappearing. I mean, oh my god. What are they haunting? <laughs> like are they are they holograms from the future? Ghosts of the past? Did they die of boredom? <laughs> I, right? <laughs> like maybe they were just like this yeah, yeah, I don't why what are they haunting? Why are they haunting? Um and that that is spaceship Earth. Spaceship Earth. <laughs> so I'll show you some photos. This is... <laughs> died of ennui. <laughs> <laughs> yes, died of ennui and uninterested. They were just like, there's too many animatronics. They just couldn't. <laughs> too many. So here's some older images. This is one of Epcot being built. Again, it's still like the Epcot, the spaceship Earth is still like kind of a central point in Epcot. It's the most recognizable feature there. It still kind of like is like the... Um, info stand, I guess, for that portion of the park. Yes. Um, so this shows it. It does, again, it looks like a golf ball. Totally. Um, surrounded by the rest of the park. Here's some of the very <laughs> terrifying animatronic. Ah! This looks like it possibly might be from Rome. Ah! And it turns out that, like, I guess, like, the United States Space Program did consult with Disney as some of this stuff came out. And so maybe that's not such a big leap that the font was kind of inherited by NASA. I don't know. Again, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there. And who knows how much of that stuff is true. But again, Ray Bradbury, Buckminster Fuller, Walt Disney, Spaceship Earth. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's not even retro, like, cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, wow. Like, when you go in the House of Tomorrow at Disney World, they Mm -hmm. still have that because I went, I don't know, like, seven years ago. Uh, David's grandson had to go, and we all in the House of Tomorrow. And you know how you sit there and like and and the circle goes around and like the the different vignettes <laughs> appear before you while the voice talks. That at least is like retro cool, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. super sixties and like kind of kind of funky and fun, you know. But like this, there's there's that those vignettes are terrible. I don't even remember them being that bad. <laughs> And now, and and now, knowing that they're repurposed animatronics from like the Hall of Presidents is so weird. Who knows what the new iteration will be? What, however, they redesign it. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll get better animatronics. Maybe they'll just use holograms. Maybe they'll like I don't know, hire the ghost kids. Well, just, something needs to be better. 
a good good segue because I feel like when you go in the haunted mansion in Disney World, that's oh, almost yes. more futuristic than going in this Epcot with these terrible vignettes. <laughs> Those ghost holograms are so freaking cool. Am I right? In yeah. the ballroom? Yeah. Oh my god. Right. And then then there's that in the in the mm-hmm. ball of the future. Yeah. <laughs> One of the coolest buildings. Makes no sense. It doesn't. It uh, doesn't. It's a real letdown. So Disney. that come on. I get mean, it again, Buckminster Fuller. <laughs> I love love that architectural form. Yep. But this got weird. This had so much more weird things than I even realized it would. Yeah. And, like, weird in, like, a not good way, like, kind of scary way. <laughs> okay. Uh, so here's the deal with Aaron today. I have struggled. Okay. I, I have my bad and my badass. But I will tell you that both of them have check marks in the bad and the badass column. So I've kind of got a tie going here, right? Okay. <laughs> so so I, it's both. They're both both. Right. So I think what I'll do, since you uh, decided to do Epcot, I, I will transition into yet another Disney project. <laughs> Ooh. And remember, it's Spaceship Earth at Epcot. Oh, I'm sorry. Spaceship Earth <laughs> at Epcot. Spaceship Earth um, at Epcot. I will transition into my Disney that, you know... I chose, which is the Monsanto House of Tomorrow. Oh, boy. No longer standing. Uh, It was from 1957 to 1967. So it's kind of a shame that neither one of us got to see it. Because... Only only up for 10 years? Yeah, only 10 years. Let's talk first about the name, Monsanto House of Tomorrow. Who is this? This is the Roundup people. This is the Agent Orange people, right? Oh. Yeah. So that's that company that has done those things. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm not disparaging any companies. I don't need any legal phone calls, all right? I'm just stating facts, all right? So what they wanted to do is they wanted to, like, kind of pr- promote their plastics division. So it ended up being kind of like Spaceship Earth, <laughs> like, a, like a cooperation between giant corporations and Disney. Right for mm-hmm. like a cool attraction, they already had like Monsanto already had like a like a chemistry building there, kind of almost like a museum homage to chemistry in the fifties that you could go through and you know ooh and ah at all the chemical stuff they were doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that's not there either anymore. But that sounds fun though. It does kind of actually, right? So here's the deal. So both of my structures are Mm -hmm. incredibly cool in so many ways. And then like, you know, wah, wah in so many ways. Like, so here's, that's why it's a tie. So here we go. It was designed by the MIT faculty members, Marvin Goody and Richard Hamilton. Can you see it? Ooh. All right. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. So. Oh, I've seen pictures of this. Right? Okay. Yes. So it is four wings on a central pedestal above some landscaping, I think is the best way to describe it. And it is 1,280 square feet of plastics heaven. <laughs> wow. So each one of these wings has like all windowed sides. So like there's a lot of natural light. It's actually super cool design. Okay. The central pedestal 
right, Mm -hmm. at the bottom, that contains all the mechanics for the house. So, like, it's all contained down, not in your house, right? Oh, so it's not even, it doesn't even, like, it just, it's all down there and then goes up into it. It's not even, like, at the core of the main living structure. Right, it's just down there. So, like, mechanical systems, heating, air conditioning, water stuff, you know, like, it's all right there, which is actually a super cool way to build a house because get this you know like if there's flooding it's not penetrating this you know concrete core and your Mm -hmm. house is above everything right Mm -hmm. so hey sounds good to me it sounds like a great design mit i just i just have to say (laughs) this looks like a wedge of brie cheese like with like the white rind and everything like that and a piece cut of cut out of it and yep it, I, I, I actually love it too. That's what I'm saying. There's pros and cons. It's both, okay? So uh-huh. here we go. So the one wing, as you can see in the picture, we'll have these pictures for everybody. Um, it looks like a butt, kind of. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a bit like, like two, two lobes. Okay. So the lobes on one of the wings actually split two kids' bedrooms. So there were two kids' bedrooms, and they had mm-hmm. a plastic, like, sliding like privacy screen that you could put up between the kids bedrooms like when it was nighttime or like when they wanted to be alone or whatever I don't know but like there was Mm -hmm. that so you could also take it down and they could play together you know which is kind of cool and then yeah and then the other wings were a family room a living room and a master bedroom and then in the center above the mechanical core was the kitchen and two bathrooms so it actually makes a lot of sense, right? Like the it's design all stacked of it. Right, it's all that stuff is stacked right above where all of that would be. Right, totally. Here we go. Floor plan. <laughs> oh my gosh! So as you can see, it's actually a really good use of space. And um, mm-hmm. as a design student or graduate, I would say that this is actually a really cool design. Makes a lot of sense. Um, it was designed so that if you wanted to add you know, additions, you could actually just remove the glass and put in walls. Like you could add another pie shape in there, right? Oh my gosh, so it's like modular. Yeah, right. I mean, but then you'd have no windows. I guess you'd have to cut them in the back ends <laughs> of like these wings. Cut them in the butts. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the butts, yeah. But um, it's pretty cool. I mean, I can see like if you added like one or two pie pieces where it wouldn't be so bad. And if you cut mm-hmm. some windows, it would actually make a bigger living space. I don't know kind of cool um no, it's really cool I'll d- i dig it so loving the design but not a huge fan of everything being made out of plastics because again this was monsanto trying to like you know push forward their plastics division because you know in 1957 mm. the future is plastics yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so not knowing that you know now perhaps that's a cancer problem and like you know it never seems to go away <laughs> right like it's everywhere, everywhere at the bottom the deepest trenches of the ocean right okay so mm-hmm. anyway the exterior was plastic <laughs> that's all plastic. plastic okay so here we go so here you have your <laughs> here's your central kitchen it, it did get a revamp Gosh. in the Three years after it was built. So there's been several interior design changes during its 10-year lifetime, you know, to keep up with the times. But everything Mm -hmm. in there is plastic. So you've got plastic exterior, plastic ceilings, plastic floors, plastic walls, plastic chairs, tables, dishes. It came with its own dishes? Yes. 
synthetic fabrics and carpets. If you look here, you will see that there is a dishwasher of sorts that washes your dishes and it goes down. So there's a video um, and I'll Wait, share that, it. That little, that little like trench goes down? Yeah, it goes down in. It goes down in and like washes your dishes <laughs> with like some kind of ultrasonic waves, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's really easy to fix if it ever broke. It I would know, be fine. right? So easy. So easy. <laughs> I know. Not an, inconven- not an inconvenience at all. I know. Oh, my God. It's like the feature of the kitchen. So Wait, also the plates are plastic and they're from the 50s, 60s. You said 60s? Yes. And they're plastic going in the dishwasher? Yes. <laughs> I don't trust that. I know. I don't. Well, it's ultrasonic <laughs> waves. Mm, right. So I don't right. know. Right. I don't trust it. Okay. So the features... Um, let me, let me, I'm looking at my list because there's a lot of features. So there is a wall mounted huge TV, which you can see in this living room picture, <laughs> mm-hmm. which of course did not work because back in the day they didn't have flat screen technology, but that is that something that's so that, heavy, right? That is something that came true though. Right. Cause now we have that, mm-hmm. that, that looks normal to us. But back then that would have been like crazy. Right. Cause they had those little box TVs. <laughs> A compact microwave in the kitchen. So there were microwaves around since the 40s, but they were gigantic, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. they were not practical for home use. So this one was predating like the late 70s when we started to get the smaller microwaves that we could have in our house. Um, yeah, because it looks about the size of the oven that's directly across from it. Yeah. Well, uh, again, being an old lady, I do remember the first microwaves and they were pretty big like that. <laughs> But mm-hmm. back then, this was compact, you know. Yeah. Because it was 57, right? There was also a patio, and it was like this geospace dome. And I don't have a really good picture of that. Um, I'm sure I can find one. But it was like behind the attraction, and it was it was done by, <laughs> sponsored by, a subsidiary of Monsanto, Filtered mm. Rosin Products. And the, it was kind of like a geodesic half dome where you could kind of okay. sit and be, like, I guess, shaded from the sun or protected from and rain. I just keep I forgetting that this is at, like, one of the parks. Like, yeah. this is at... Okay. Yeah. I keep forgetting that. So this was an attraction, and basically the attraction was to just walk through it, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, enjoy, you know, the thing of the future. <laughs> Okay, so I'm not totally opposed to this. I mean, even as plastics as like an exterior, because when they did go to demolish it in 1967, the wrecking ball bounced off the exterior. (laughs) That's how strong it was. Okay. Wow. (laughs) That's all I can think of when I read that. Okay, it is. It's like a Disney cartoon happening. It is like a Disney, like the Acme, like you know, wrecking ball coming in and just like burning, and like Roadrunner and Coyote are off somewhere trying to kill each other, like in the same scene. I mean, skin right off. Skin right off. I mean, I guess if it's the right kind of plastic and it doesn't crack, like with age, right? Yeah, I was I gonna mean, say with UV rays over the time, I wonder if right. that would have been the same case but now. I'm just saying, I mean, if it's that strong, you've got like That's, an exterior you never have to paint. You never have to worry about weathering. Tough, yeah. You can just spray it with like a power washer. Like, power wash you know, the clean crap it, out of that. You know, and like you don't have to worry, like if a tree falls on it, nothing's gonna happen, right? It's <laughs> like, gonna bounce off apparently. It, it's just gonna bounce and roll Bing. off. Right? Yeah. So like and then earthquakes, I mean I'm thinking like on a pedestal like this, there's gotta be some give, right? You know, and mm-hmm. then like flooding. It's not a bad design, right? <laughs> 
Okay. So like, I'm not opposed to this because how sturdy yeah. it was. Um, but, All those windows. Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. But it's the plastic thing for me. Can't get past it. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe someday we'll find out that's not the issue and that's fine. You know, but right now it seems to be an issue. So like, I'm kind of like weirded out by it. But I just want to mm-hmm. point out the original uh, had like, like super Brady Bunch, like orange countertops. <laughs> So 50s, it was so great. Um, Look at that shiny plastic ceiling in that kitchen. Oh yeah, all it's just so plastic, shiny. baby. It's all, all plastic, plastic all the time. <laughs> yeah, and you just—it's like Alcoa house, but instead of aluminum, it's plastic. Yes, yes, and they tried to jazz it up with some like uh, wood looking stuff, nice plastic, but I imagine, yeah, I was imagine that's plastic wood paneling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 gonna guess it's plastic wood paneling. Look at that wall mounted phone. Oh, I know, isn't it great? <laughs> There's so much. There's so much. And the furniture in there. Uh, Again, the trench dishwasher just really, uh, that's a lot of space. It's, yeah, it's, it's too much. I think, I think it was meant to be like the dish storage place too, mm-hmm. you know, but then yeah, you've got to sure. have something it. broke on that. It wouldn't be an inconvenience whatsoever right. at all. And it looks like it's counter space. Can you imagine it's broken and it's just stuck like halfway up, like where you can't get the dishes out because they're all in these little grooves. And you can't put anything over it because the dishes are half up. Yeah. yeah. No, and, not. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, the 50s and the future where everything works perfectly mm-hmm. all the time, which the obviously future, it doesn't. The, <laughs> yep. The imagined lifestyle that you will never achieve but always strive to. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. All right. So here's my second one. And this is why I say they're both badass and bad architecture, right? Because now we talked about why this was good and bad. And so Mm -hmm. I couldn't decide. So when I was like in 79, what was I? Eight. Okay. I went to Wisconsin Dells with my grandparents. And we, of course, had a tour. The Xanadu house. That's my second one. Okay. So <laughs> all I know of Xanadu is that it was a movie with Olivia Newton-John, and that's all I know. Well, it's also a musical, <laughs> which you can actually perform in if you do uh, regional theater. <laughs> if you can roller skate. Wait, please, please, please tell me that you've performed in it. No, God, that was the one on my list I never got to do because it had roller skating in it, and I was just dying to do it, but I never... Never. It never came up when I was in my And no Xanadu on ice. I could see you in a Xanadu on ice. (laughs) Not anymore. You can't. Oh, my God. (laughs) It'd be like the the old lady coming out and skating through like real slow. (laughs) I've seen you. You still got moves. I got got a few moves. Not not like I used. I used to have have all the moves, baby, but not anymore. So (laughs) Xanadu houses were another conceptual design that were built. There were actually three of them. And I'm talking about the Wisconsin Dell House because it was Dell's, because it was the first one, and because I went there, <laughs> right? And I'm going to be talking about the Kissimmee, Florida one because I have a book on the Kissimmee, Florida one that does discuss the Wisconsin Dell's one a little bit. Is that what's in here? That is what's in there. <laughs> it's your package. Go ahead and open it. You guys don't it. understand. She sent me this package like a week ago, and it's just been sitting there unopened, and I know there's a book in there, and we've been waiting to do this so we can open it. Open it. I can't wait. Open it. 
It's right now. time. It's time. It's time. The third one is in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we're not going to talk about that one. First of all, because there's not a book on it. Second of all, I didn't go there. Third, I, there's not as much info on it as there is on the other two. So we're just going to talk about those because it's the same idea as she crackles away. <laughs> yeah, as I raccoon open that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> this is a book titled Xanadu, The Computerized Home of Tomorrow and How It Can Be Yours Today. <gasps> New Ideas to Computerize Your Home. Oh, I my have God. The same In Xanadu book? did Kubla Khan a stately pleasure dome decree. <laughs> yes. And that's a quote on the front with this glorious, it looks like concrete covered, orbed, lobed, built, like, you know, amalgamation of many um, organic building shapes with a satellite. I don't know what's happening, but I am into it. I'm into it, except for the computerizing my home. That sounds a little terrifying. So, Well, we do that nowadays anyway, don't we? With Alexa and the smart heat and light. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a robot bringing a woman breakfast in bed. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this front page. I had this later on my Please list, do. but let's just talk about it right now. Okay, so the front page of this book, this is about the Florida book, uh, Florida House, mostly. Um, mm-hmm. And each Santa Do house was a little different, okay, like set up a little differently. Oh, they're different looking. So, <laughs> I mean, different from each other, not just different mm-hmm. from everything else. And let's talk about the word architronics, <laughs> which is actually a cool word, right? Yeah. And it says in the book, it says the integration of an architectural design with electronic technology to create a built environment that actually responds to human needs and enhances or extends human capabilities. Now, this sounds goofy and you're looking at this goofy 80s robot, right? You know, (laughs) with a woman in bed and giving her breakfast in bed, right? Um, However, isn't that what we have? Kind of nowadays, especially if you have a smart home, right? Yeah. You can control everything from one little central thing or your phone or your computer. Mm -hmm. You go, Alexa, right? When you need something, right? So we've kind of done that. It's just not like how they envisioned it, right? (laughs) And I've been to a hot pot restaurant that has like those automatic delivery robots that bring things to your table. Oh, really? I haven't yet. Yeah, they're really weird. That's cool. Um, can we talk about the quote that's underneath this yes, picture? Yes, yes, I was going to say that's next. <laughs> okay, it says, we are not replacing mommy with a robot. We are presenting ideas on how to design, build, and use a home in new ways that can reduce drudgery while increasing comfort, convenience, and security. Well. Listen, if I find out Ray Bradbury was also involved <laughs> with this... I'm going to lose my mind. Not that I know of. I Apparently, this is from Androbot Incorporated, um, that quote. But they used it because they partnered with Xanadu Florida for this. Mm-hmm. Um, the other words from tomorrow's dictionary. This is what they thought we would be saying. Audio oasis. <laughs> Video window. Biotexture. Electronic hearth. House brain which I kind of like house brain, auto chef, sensorium, robutler. Not robo-butler, but robutler. Yes, robutler. Robutler. <laughs> and the robot has not spilled it on the wall-to-wall carpeting. better than me in the morning. Wall-to-wall, oh, wall-to-wall carpeting in the future, Carpet. folks. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I'm okay. Obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. I knew you would be. Okay, so here's the deal. These particular Xanadu homes were created by a guy named Robert Masters. He was an English master's degree from Northwestern, so he wasn't an architect or anything. He was just like a guy who thought out of the box. So once he got out of school, he taught for a while, realized he hated it, and then decided to like bounce around and do some different stuff and everything. And then one day he notices there's this Esquire article about innovative structures that were being produced at Yale from the university. Mm-hmm. So he gets all excited about this. So then he finds like a couple more people that are doing kind of like a spray insulation. It's a rigid polyurethane spray foam insulation. Okay. So he gets, he notices a couple other people doing this stuff. There's a, there's a place in Denver by Stan Nord Connolly. And he's also inspired, (laughs) strangely, by Buckminster Fuller. (laughs) Of Ooh, course. the theme of the day. Right? right? Yes. So, yeah. like, you know, um, I mean, I'm just saying. Bucky I like, my man. Exactly. So then he, he talks about, there's an interview in the book. So I highly suggest this book. It's called Xanadu by Mason. Okay, Roy Mason. Get it. Um, I think it's out of print, but you can still get mm-hmm. old copies. If you love stuff like this, get this book because it is so fun to read. <laughs> There's an actual. I'm, two, I'm I'm two pages in and I'm so obsessed. Okay, already. right. Oh my god. Right. So there's like an actual interview with Robert Masters and then the guy who did the Florida, the architect who did the Florida one, who designed it, and which which is Roy Mason. So um, mm-hmm. read the interview. It's great. I'm going to have little pieces from it. And so one of the things Masters said was that we were overbuilding houses. And that is that we use like a ton of nails, we use all this wood, we make frames, you know, all this stuff, blah, 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 like hardcore frames, everything's frame, 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 frame. And then we put insulation in the house anyway. So like his idea was to like, you know, go with domes because they're stronger. Thank you, Buckminster. And then like, um, like skip the frame part, right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. So in 1969, in November, in Aspen, Colorado, this guy decides, this is one of those creative thinkers. This mm-hmm. would be one of those guys, like the the like super innovative, like creative, like thinking outside the box, like I'm not scared to try stuff guy. Yeah. Okay. This guy. So in 1969, in the middle of a blustery snowstorm, in two and a half days... <laughs> This guy built his own little house <laughs> out of Dang. yeah, out of this spray foam. So what he did is he constructed a large balloon and then mm-hmm. that served as the framework and then he did the spray foam insulation on top of it, you know, allowing mm-hmm. for windows and things which he just spray foamed into place like little round circular windows, right? And then <laughs> it was done. Then you you deflate you deflate the balloon and, you know, take it away from the actual, you know, structure. And you have your house. I will direct your attention, Sarah, to page 125. Yes. <laughs> we'll have I'm these going. images available. I no worries. Going. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, I've seen pictures of this. I didn't know this was like, as I didn't know the name Xanadu. I've like just, I've seen the images of this weird, this looks, you ever been to one of those playgrounds that has like a whale <laughs> that you can climb through? Yes. That's a slide. <laughs> yep. I mean, this thing is wild. It looks like a a fish that's a house. Yep. I don't know. Are those bike 
tires for the windows? I'm not sure I don't know what what's those going are. On, but it's they don't weird. really talk about the windows. It was only 20 feet they in look diameter. Like eyes. Yeah, they do. And then like 16 feet high. So the high ceilings give it like more space in there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that's what he built for himself. And he lived in this for a while while he decided what to do next, right? You know, it was like just built something wow. that he could live in. And, and apparently it was comfortable, you know? Okay. So I don't know. Uh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> That's wild. I know. I'm impressed that he built it. I'm just saying. It reminds me of, so a couple, I know like in the last like couple decades, they were doing these like emergency relief structures for different areas for relief, for war areas, for areas of natural disasters that were like a big inflation that had the cement, the quick crete like type cement over it. And then it would form those shells and they'd be able to do it really quickly. But this was like... This is weird. It, it is weird. But think about this. So if if you have a hurricane disaster and you need to put up housing real fast, mm-hmm. two and a half days. Do you know what two I mean? Two and a half days. And it's just this polyurethane spray foam, which I think we still use, you know, mm-hmm. in housing. Isn't that better than waiting like four months, you know, yeah. like while people get their act together, you know? It's shelter. It's a, it's it's almost immediate shelter. I mean, it's again, it's two days, but that's two days. That's a whole. That's a house in two days. That is shelter. Right. Created. I mean, it's small. It's like tiny house, small, but it, it's something to freaking live in. So like, yeah. you're not like you know spending a fortune at a hotel if you don't have the money. And, and much better than a tent. Much more like against like protection from the elements than a tent. Exactly. So that's what I'm talking about. Where like they. Both of these places have pros and cons. And to me, this is a big pro because this is something that you could technically use, right? And like maybe you construct them so that you can pick them up and move them somewhere when when they're needed, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But if you can build it in like maybe three days, let's say three days, right? Then, I mean, it's something, isn't it? Yeah, there's like... It seems like this, like, it has, there's so much that could be done with it. That's such good. Right, exactly. So, see, that's what I I'm feel saying. like you're going to let me down. <laughs> I feel like you might let me down, though. No, no. Uh, okay. Not, not entirely. Okay. So, anyway, let me just direct your attention really quickly to page 121. Again, another image that will be available. This is Mr. Masters with his balloon form. <laughs> now, where did he get these balloons? I don't know. He must have had a maid. Um, he had a balloon guy? Yeah, but that's, that's how he did it. If, as you can wow. see, he's got like a kind of like a he made one wood structure and then like he made this balloon and then it makes the domes. Pretty cool. God, it's incredible. I know. Yeah. You got to admire this guy. He had some vision, you know. So And he tried it. He just went ahead and yeah. Yeah. So if I can direct your attention to uh, the plates in the middle, right in the middle of the book. Ooh. Two, like two plates in. There's the building mm-hmm. out of insulation. And it's two pages long. We'll have this available, too. Yes, um, I see And it, it kind of shows wow. you how, how they did the Florida one. So let's talk about Xanadu first in Wisconsin, because that was the first mm-hmm. one. So it's 4,000 square feet in Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> it's gone now. You can't go see it, which is a shame. Um, it was designed by Stuart Gordon. So there's always, like, a designer and architect that, like, makes the design of the buildings. Um, mm-hmm. And th- what they did is they sprayed the plexiglass windows into place. And like if something broke, they had to like chisel it out and put a new one in. <laughs> so one of the things. Not thing- inconvenient whatsoever. Right, right. One of the things they learned for Florida, the architect, Mr. Mason, was able to like design a system where they could replace windows without chiseling out the plexiglass. Right. Like there is like a system mm-hmm. for that. But in the original, there wasn't. 
and I am going to share a few photos <laughs> from when I went there, and it has to be 1979 because there's nobody there. It looks brand new. There's no, there's nothing on the horizon behind it. <laughs> like it's empty. It's in a field, right? Empty. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. See, there's nothing. And, and we all know how built up the Wisconsin dolls are. And see, look how new mm-hmm. everything is. So this must have been mm-hmm. right in 1979 when it was first new. And so these are pictures taken by my grandpa. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right? And these will be available oh too. Oh my gosh. This, it looks like you're about to walk into like a cartoon. It, must be new because it's so hyper white against the sky. Yes. It looks it looks like a stage set or something that's not it doesn't look quite real. It looks like alien housing on Mars. Cause they've got orange like stones or dirt. I don't know yeah. if this is just dirt the that didn't grow yet. The landscaping is very like <laughs> void. Yes. It's a very like just like disconnected little plantings and just these Wow. Wow. Yep. That's wild. Uh the people there are Betty and Aaron going in. That's Grandma Betty. For everybody. <laughs> Grandma Betty with her yellow bell bottoms. I'm about it. Oh my God. Those polyester pants, girl. She wore those all the time. <laughs> so like, wow. I just want to point out how cool it is though. Cause it really is cool. Right? These windows. It's yeah. cool. What it is, is it reminds me of some of the Art Nouveau in Spain. Gaudi, like it has the Gaudi apartment building, it has that undulating like surface with the windows that are kind of very organically encased yes. like this. Right, a lot, even like the church, right in yeah. Spain that he that he designed. I mean, it's got that feel to it. So, like even back when I was like eight, I was really drawn to Art Nouveau and the Art Nouveau revival movements. <laughs> like they've mm-hmm. always been my favorite because I thought this house was pretty darn cool. So here we go. Let me just show this one. This is what it would look like driving up after the landscaping was done. Wow. Uff. It says Xanadu, a foam house of tomorrow. Yes. So this is after all the grass grew in and everything. <laughs> wow. And it's got its own like little wind turbines yep. right sticking up from the middle. Yep. And Mr. Mason talks about this, the architect of the second one, designed to be a producer of energy more than just a consumer of energy, right? So really forward thinking in that time. Yeah, I would say so. Um, here's kind of a crappy picture from the inside showing they did these cool tree structures in the middle of these, mm-hmm. these buildings, all of them. And they were what was called the house brain. So they housed all the, like the electronic stuff that would, you know, do whatever it needed. I don't know how mm-hmm. you're supposed to fix it. <laughs> Chisel it away. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool tree structure. I mean, if you like trees, wow. like I do, you're like, that's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> but it's like in the middle of the house. Right. <laughs> and it looks and like, like it almost looks trunk. like you're in a cave. Like this photo yeah. looks like you're in a cave. So that would be the downside. Okay. So the windows are really cool. Everything's really neat. But it really did have a cave-like feel when you were in there. And I don't remember it being quite this dark as these pictures show. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, um, maybe it was. And I just didn't notice because it was cool being in there. But this is the bathroom with the top. Everything's different shapes. Like, I've never yeah. seen anything so, like, anti-symmetrical. Yep. Like, it is, like, the it's antithesis cool. of any symmetry and order. It's like an amoeba. Yeah, it is so organic. Yeah, yeah. like, it just kind of spread. <laughs> you know, like, and that that's what yeah. happened. And like, here's a dining room. Um, <gasps> and is, is that is that a sunken? That is a sunken dining, dining is that a conversation area. Oh like a co- conversation dining area. <laughs> and I that, mean, that's a huge table. Is that all carpeted? That is all carpeted. And that's me sitting <sighs> on there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and look at it looks like Mars in the windows. Look at this. <laughs> you look yeah, you look like you're yeah. Oh, God. This, it looks like you're on another planet. It does. It's cool though, right? And then like uh let's see. And so it was a spec house, like people weren't actually living no, in it. No, it was never it was just a con- conceptual design. <laughs> Right. So here's here's little Aaron standing uh, by the house brain, Mm -hmm. which, of course, you know, here's me going right to the thing that looks like a tree in the house because I love it. Right. It's interesting that they built these houses, you know, that nobody ever lived in. So it was never really able to, like, fully test the livability of these spaces. I mean, really? Well, Mr. Masters lived in his. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they are livable. So, like, yeah, this is like a walkway again carpet. Of some kind, orange, of Always. course. And, uh, you know, it was a cool walkway. It was all open. So, like, I guess mm-hmm. in the winter, that would have been an issue. You would have had to put Look windows in there. Ooh. I know. I'm just thinking about the mold in that carpet. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. I think, like, without the carpeting, they'd actually be, like, pretty much mold resistant, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. I got one more interior picture in this particular house. There is a bedroom. But the bed, you had to ascend stairs, winding staircase up a central shaft, and it was shaped like kind of like a champagne glass. And as uh-huh. a matter of fact, Mr. Masters talks about that, like how it was shaped like a... So anyway, so this is a bed, and but it's like up high, right? No. Yeah, and there's... And it's like, it's wall-to-wall bed and shag and pillows, and it's very porn set vibes, yeah, it like does. in a really... <laughs> In a really bad way. In a really bad way. It does. Now, let me tell you. Right? See behind there? There's like an opening. That was yeah. that was where you climbed up. That was where the stairs ended. No. And, and yeah. And so like this whole thing was like a bed, right? And then like mm-hmm. it was away from all the walls. So like it was literally like in the middle so of the room. So it's also dangerous. Well, so yeah. it's also dangerous is what you're saying. Well, technically it's the master bedroom. So it's like supposed to be the adults. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's, that's that's adult. That's adult adult situations right there. Anyway, and look at the you know the cool sconce built into the wall. That just that's cool. Yes. So anyway, but I thought this was the greatest as a kid because it was like a jungle gym in the house. You know, like you climb these stairs. I mean, it's cool, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's that. I got one more picture, and this is an exterior picture. So this is the Ooh. geodesic kind of like dining area off the kitchen. Uh-huh. But I, I want to point. it's all like windows. Yeah. And this is me standing in front of it. But I want to point out like the Skeletor thing going on here, which is kind of cool. <laughs> like eyebrow windows, but like they really look like eyebrows. <laughs> they really do. It like, looks it looks really? a little menacing. I think Grandpa wanted to take this picture right there because it did look like eyeballs. He never said that, but I have a feeling that's what he was going for. <laughs> yeah. Wow, and this kind of like again, like the geodesic, the partial geodesic dome that's just like all windows, and it's like, like stuck all into the side glass. of the yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And there's the there's part of the walkway up there, <laughs> and so you'd be able to just go and visit and walk around, yeah. and it was just and like imagine around. yourself in this space. Yes. Like funny you should say that. And the in the interview that Mr. Masters gave, and he kind of talks about how that was the idea. And, you know, that people could go there and imagine themselves in, like, a futuristic house or maybe even a second home uh-huh. built out of this stuff. And they could, you know, because he felt that people in their second homes would be going kind of more conceptual, which is actually true. Uh-huh. There's a British TV series about, I think it's called Extraordinary Homes. It's fantastic. You must watch it. Okay. 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 <laughs> like, you, Sarah, watch it. Okay. Yeah. And there are some very conceptual homes in there. 
and they're usually second homes, right? So he is right about that. So he was ahead of his time a little bit, but they're not going with the spray foam. It just didn't, it didn't catch on like he hoped it mm-hmm. would. So <laughs> now getting to the Florida one. Da, da, da. Okay, because <laughs> I want to talk about it because it's in the book. So when they built the Florida one, if you're looking at the construction here, instead of just yep. balloons, like giant rubber balloons, they did build mm-hmm. like kind of like a tension ring and like a little bit of a frame at the bottom. And this time they used like these plastic vinyl balloons instead of the big rubber one like he used, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it shows them spraying the foam on, you know, and then they re- it shows them removing the form and they use different size balloons to make different size domes. And then they use like a wire mesh lath, right? Because that's what obviously the architect is familiar with. And they use that to connect the pieces. So instead of being kind of like these segments, like Xanadu mm-hmm. and Wisconsin Dolls was. I'm sorry, my cat's trying to help. I was going to say, I just saw... <laughs> She's trying to this, this tail. This tail just <laughs> keeps coming in and out of the corner of your screen. I'm just like it, just like wafting in and out. She wants to help us. Okay, so Hi, Nim. yeah. <laughs> so this one, the one in Florida, instead of being like segments of domes with small like little like connectors, because it was kind of like L shaped and a segments. The one in Florida mm-hmm. has like more of a flat look on the top, and that's okay. because they use this lath in between the domes to create like interior space so instead of just a tiny walkway there was like you know like it was like actual livable space in between the dome structures right yeah it didn't just have to be dome to dome to like yeah yeah like these lobes that were just kind of like stuck onto each other so this one was a product of meeting mr mason the architect at the uh there was some kind of futurist uh, convention. And Mr. Mason... Was it at Spaceship Earth? No, it was not. <laughs> was Ray Bradbury there? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay, so in 1967, Mr. Mason, he went to Yale. He has an architectural degree from Yale. Okay, so he's Mr. Smarty. He helped found the World Future Society, and he was the architectural editor of the Futurist magazine, which the World Future Society put out. So there, he was at the convention. He meets Mr. Masters, who decides to go to this convention, right, mm-hmm. in 1980. So then they decide they're going to build a second one because he tells them about a Xanadu and Wisconsin Dolls, right? And so mm-hmm. they're going to build a second one in Kissimmee, Florida. So this one is 6,000 square feet, two levels. Wow. Yeah. Six. Wow. Yeah, it's big. And I wish I would have seen it. This is also gone. They're all gone. All three. They were all torn down, Mm -hmm. which is sad. Um, I feel like this could have aged well, right? Like this could have been one of those things where you're like, man, this is wacky, right? (laughs) Kind of like the mushroom houses out in like Western New York. Yeah. Yeah. But what Mr. Masters or Mr. Mason said that it was 20% less expensive shell than a normal house. And because it's domes, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sort of hurricane proof because it kind of just glances Mm -hmm. off of the rounded shapes, right? And I think because it's domes, you know, kind of earthquake resistant, right? So, like, there's a lot of good stuff about this. And what they wanted to do is take the Wisconsin. So they wanted to fuse, you know, fuse the ideas that Mr. Masters had in Wisconsin with Mr. Mason's ideas of building the house brain. That thing's, it's, that's still creepy. Which is the smart home idea mm-hmm. from 1980. Now, Mr. Masters had kind of a thing like that. It was mechanical systems in his tree, but like in 
Kissimmee, they decided to make that tree like the center, the hub of the house, kind of electronically and computerized. Oh, so right? like a control center. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, exactly. So let's see. I've got all kinds like of spaceship. good stuff. Yeah. So we talked about the terms that Mr. Mason came up with. He kind of wrote this book with a couple other authors, which is pretty cool. You know, if you turn to uh, I, it's like a page or two. Yeah, it's a page later. As you can see from the interior, it's actually kind of roomy and airy and kind of nice, you know. Yeah. If you look at the next few plates, these are the plates from inside the Kissimmee house. Oh, there's the the primary bedroom with, again, like a big bowl-shaped bed. Yeah, I don't know why. I think because it was so weird. a round house. They were going with round stuff, you know. The next page after that shows the kitchen, which is actually interesting that they did it in black to contrast with the white outer Ooh. structure, but I really dig it. That's got, like, ma- like major 80s vibes I know, to it, but too, I a little dig bit. It. It don't really, you love it? Yeah. Okay, and yeah. it's got, like, rounded, like, counters and things, you know, to go with the house. I mean, it's just, it's mm-hmm. really cool. I dig it. And they shows the conceptual design, you know, sketch underneath it, which mm-hmm. is really cool. There's a lot of computers in that sketch. Yes. And if you look, each one has a conceptual design, which may or may not have, you know, made it to completion. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I think he, he I think they were on to something is what I'm saying. So I don't think this is entirely a building form that we should dismiss as like just goofy. Right. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know the ramifications of being around spray foam constantly, but I do know they painted like a hard <laughs> shell on it, like on the outside uh-huh. and I think on the inside as well. So it was like encased. So I don't know what they're encasing it with. They, they don't really say anywhere. So I don't mm-hmm. know if this is a healthier building or not, but what I'm saying is, is it? I don't know that it's awful either. Sarah, if you look at page 127 again, this is a Wisconsin Dells like top view and you can see mm-hmm. how it's real segment. Whoa. It looks like a, a caterpillar that's Intestine. like turning. Oh, a colon. Yes. Yeah. It looks like that colon sculpture that's in that, in the, in a park that yeah, these, um, it does. two artists did. That's bizarre. And that, there's kind of, it almost also has, like like you said before, it's that church feel, that kind of spot, it has almost a yeah. spire on one of the ends. Yeah. And with the very stark white, I mean, there's a lot of like references to like those houses like on the Greek coast, but also, I don't know, there's, there's so much going It is. On. It's kind of wackadoodle, but like in a kind of a cool way. <laughs> I mean, and then they call it, and then it's Xanadu. Right? So like, yeah, it's Xanadu. I mean, they really got into it. I, I, and this is where I want to kind of close with this. So, like, it mm-hmm. ends on a sad note. I don't know what happened to Mr. Masters. I've looked for things on him. And I can't really find anything. But uh, Mr. Mason, he was actually murdered in 1996. He was only 57. Oh, God. It was his uh, partner murdered him. Yeah, oh, no. which sounds just awful. And it makes me sad mm-hmm. because he, he there's pictures of him as well. And he actually looks like a really mm-hmm. nice guy, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, ah. And then when you read these um, these interviews in here, by the way, this book also gives you a tour uh, conducted by the Robutler. Robutler. Right? It, like, it, it's like literally like a script of the Robutler telling you like, all about the house, which is really awesome. It also gives you a day in the life at Xanadu in the future. Which actually has some really interesting things. Is the past. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the future, that's right. now the past. But yes. it has some interesting things because they have like surround uh, 
surround chairs, you know, like where you would get like the surround sound. And I guess a lot of gamers do stuff like that now. So like, I'm just saying, you know, they're yeah. kind of hitting it. It's yeah, this is the I cannot wait to dig into this book. This is so wild. here's my part. I know, right? Wild. So here's the parting thing. And this is I, I actually got sad yesterday when I was finalizing my outline here. And that was mm. that, you know, there's interviews by Mr. Masters and Mr. Mason in this book, which is really cool to I mean, they're they're cool to read because you see what they're thinking. But they were so excited by these conceptual mm-hmm. houses, like so excited. And they really thought mm-hmm. they had something. And it's just really hard because like Masters is saying, you know, they go, what do you, what do you think uh, some of the future applications will be? And Mr. Masters is like, probably go commercial, maybe second homes, maybe restaurants. You know, he's all, all excited, right? And Mr. Mason mm-hmm. says he's all excited about like... They say, what do you see is the future for Xanadu? He is like, to me, a house is a machine to live in. Xanadu epitomizes this by demonstrating through its electronic nervous system, which is tuned in to its inhabitants, that it can achieve the symbiosis that will lead to the next breakthrough between humankind and housekind. The public can not only see history being made, but also see how this history can and will make them feel comfortable in the house of tomorrow. Wow. So... You know, knowing how he ended up, knowing how this didn't take off, you know, it kind of made me a little sad for them because they were so excited. And it, it's not a horrible idea, okay? <laughs> like, I think it's a yeah. pretty cool idea. And it's just another example, uh, the house of tomorrow and the house of the future of, you know, be careful what you throw away. Because, like, something, you know, 40 years later is, you know, becomes kitschy and cool as opposed to, you know, dated and ick, right? I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> It's just kind of interesting to see how much of that was being thought of and how much has actually happened and been incorporated. When I was doing a quick flip through, like one of the early pages has a house with solar mm-hmm. panels on it. Yep. And that's so what is happening now. Plus some of the, the illustrations in this book are stunning. Aren't they great? They're great. It's fantastic. Really. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. I, I just hope to make some more Xanadu aficionados out there. <laughs> Because I always thought it oh was so Oh, my gosh. Cool. So all of these, <laughs> so all of them have been demolished? Yep, all three. We didn't talk about Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which was the third one, um, just okay. because there's just not that much on it. You know, the big to-do was about mm-hmm. um, the first one, obviously, and then this one because it was right near Disney World. So it was kind of like a stop if you weren't just going to the park. You could go mm-hmm. see this as well because it was in Kissimmee, which isn't far that yeah. was the whole point. They wanted people to come look at it and maybe, you know, build. They were hoping for, like, corporate partners. Those corporate partners that will help you with your utopia. Exactly. But, I mean, some came, but some didn't. So this, you know. this Xanadu, so this Xanadu has nothing to do with Olivia no, Newton-John's Xanadu, but, correct? But, you know, okay. it's the 70s, right? <laughs> awesome. Really fun. And this book, being able to open this book while you talked about it. I know. Was... I was so excited to find another one. They are hard to find. Keep your eye out, folks, because mm-hmm. it's worth having in the library. If you're like me and you have a book collection about, like, art and architecture, this is—and th- mm-hmm. history— Worth this having. is this is something you want. It's 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 so it's so out there and so cool. So now you see why I couldn't choose a bad and a badass because to me they both had so many good qualities yeah. and so many like oh qualities. Weird, <laughs> yeah. wild. The bed, the the beds, <laughs> the champagne beds. The beds in these buildings are really kind of creepy. <laughs> they are. 
all I can think the the sound effect that comes into my head when I see any of the bed, bed photos is like <laughs> and then just like you know the lights getting like a little red right? and like low and everything's <laughs> yeah yeah I know from the you know from the the house brain just dims the lights for you I will and, tell you looking back on it and looking at the old pictures and looking at this book I'm like yeah it is kind of it's so different than what you know of as a house like when you think of a house and what you you're used to living in and especially as a kid seeing something that is so the antithesis of what you see as your everyday home and what is like your everyday but that's still supposed to be that that's like a mind fuck yes it's so cool that's when you are. That's when you are like the future. I want to live. In I the actually future. did feel that way when <laughs> when I was that little going through there. I, I remember thinking, "This place is cool," <laughs> you know. And they should have just left all the interior decorations the way they started, right? Well, it's yeah, like a lot of those houses from that area, like the ones out in the dunes, and you know, like the Futuro houses, they're such, you know, an example of a certain thought process of a certain time about trying to meet a certain need that they were seeing in society and with people at that time and how a lot of them were obviously failures of ideas, but like they're wild to look at and think of like where their brains were going and trying to solve these problems through housing and structure and what they came up with and all the materials at the time and all of that. It's it's cool. It's 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 there's a lot of playfulness in it. There's something really fun. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, I feel like uh maybe we lose something when we're too caught up in um like this is how it's done. Yeah. Maybe there's a yeah. combo of things. There's to a way make to do it. yeah both. Why why not? And again, with you know all this uh, climate change, right, and all the flooding stuff that's happening and everything else, mm-hmm. I mean, like a house on a central core, a concrete core, super solid, like up high, seems exactly. to make sense. I'm just saying. I don't know. They're all they're all pretty cool. Let's all go live in domes. <laughs> domes. Yeah. <laughs> domes. Yeah. All right. Awesome episode. This was really fun. I can't wait to dig into this book. <laughs> Yay. Well, I guess th- I guess that's it for okay. today. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. The, the future, future is now. now.